Hey, y'all. You're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your host, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. This show is not a substitute for professional care, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have or suspect you may have a medical or psychological condition, you should consult with your appropriate healthcare provider. You can also visit our website for resources on finding services near you. Greetings, salutation. <laughs> hey, girl, hey. <laughs> What's up, y'all? This episode, we are going to be talking about the 1996 comedy, Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. I think that's the longest title we've ever <laughs> yes. 14 words. <laughs> that was their trailer. <laughs> the one movie this year to have 14 words in its tagline. <laughs> in its title. Yes. That was their one of their taglines. They needed all of those though to represent the level of spoof that they were that they were going to uh accomplish. Uh yeah. I do is this their first spoof movie? I feel like it is. This should, like, because it's 1996. Mm-hmm. So this is like right when they were doing Wayne's Brothers. And so, yeah. This was, I remember they, uh, Marlon talking about like doing this film and jumping right into writing for the Wayne's Brothers. Oh, yeah. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yes, so they took all of basically all the films that we do <laughs> and they said, let's make a spoof of these in one big collection. You know, I have a theory, right? Okay. Not that we're, we're merging universes or anything, but I wonder if the 90s was like where that war on drugs really took took place and then like, you know, establishing all these gangs and drugs and so... This is, they're making fun of something that was really happening. But the people who wrote those movies wanted to show what it was like being in the hood, you know, and what drugs and gangs pretty much did to their hood. But I wonder why (laughs) it was like every one of these movies were pretty fucked up. (laughs) And And it was like, why Why at this time? It seemed like all of these movies probably came out like right around the same time. So, so what? there is a reason. So okay. like how you were saying with the social implications and everything that happened during the time of the late 70s and 80s, the 90s is when all of it kind of came to fruition. Like the dust was settling and all of these things were in creation and moving. And um, it started with John Singleton's Boys in the Hood. And then it was such a, a surprise success other film houses were like, okay, well, we need our version of Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. And so then we got, uh, don't, uh, Menace to Society. We got Menace to Society. <laughs> we got um, those other movies. We got, you know, all of these hood films as a result because it was almost like a cash grab by these other production companies and saying, okay, we need our version of this. And then other city, cities wanted to tell their stories of basically the same thing or in other neighborhoods, even in L.A., just saying, OK, well, this is our take on it. And because of that, we had all of these. And it was almost kind of got to a point where it was like how we say a lot of black films are trauma porn. And it's just all of these negative things and the celebration of just the negative aspects of it. And that is why I think I appreciate the Wayne brothers so much, because they're able to find the funny in it. 
they're able yeah. to pull that out and, and make light of it, make fun of the situations. And yes, they do it with the level of social commentary that exists, but sometimes it does get overshadowed because they are so foolish. Like they are, <laughs> they always have to like, here's the line and they're right on the other side of it. <laughs> like Kim, why does she have to come out? Ah, baby! Ah, why? Why? Where's the relevance in that? Kiss that's that's not your baby. <laughs> that's not that's your baby. Your baby. Exactly. Huh. Ain't that some shit? <laughs> so, so then, you know, like we talk about it too, like, you know, them playing up on a lot of like stereotypes, you know, in a humorous way. But then that also goes to show that those movies were displaying certain things that were kind of stereotypical of what they felt, you know, that Black experience was like. But they did it. They they did a lot of it in this movie as far as. The I love it. I love this movie. This movie is hilarious to me. I can watch <laughs> this movie weekly. <laughs> I was also going to ask, like, but how I see how they got like Boys in the Hood, Minister Society. But as far as like the other like dead presidents in Friday or no, well, not well, Friday. I saw someone list that and I don't know if I would see Friday in it, but juice and higher learning. So does that tie into during that particular time as well? Well, John Singleton was also the director for higher learning. Um, And so it was one of his films. And so actually uh, his coming up after that, there was boys in the hood, poetic justice and the higher learning. I think it was in that order. Poetic justice and higher learning might be flip flop. I'm not exactly sure, but I know it was those three in that um, those first three. And then Juice kind of got lumped into it because it was the of the time. It was the East Coast version of that. And so they were kind of like they lumped it in and basically like at the time saying like Juice is basically the East Coast version of these. It's these hood movies, this hood, this hood film genre that was created. And I think their presidents goes because that movie is so dark and so just. Oh, (laughs) hustle is the hood version of these of, of those particular movies for the south Ooh. you know hustle you know it's hard out here for a oh yeah hustle and version? flow hustle and flow i don't i don't know i don't feel like it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> they don't have one for the south they need one for the south i think they do i would just have to think about it on it a little bit longer players club no because that's a comedy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like they. So you have the East Coast, the West Coast, but the there's the South too that had their whole thing. But well. also, you have to remember that the South wasn't the production, um, the film powerhouse that it is mm-hmm. now. And so people were like, really, New York and LA were able to tell their stories, and we were only getting New York and LA movies for the for the a good piece of the early 90s. Mm-hmm. There were no other settings. And even if people were from other areas or they were representing other areas in their film, they still shot it in New York or LA. Yeah. So like how we were talking about before with um when we did House Party and we were like, mm-hmm. but it looks like LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's where they shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're only getting in, we're only getting those sets. We're only getting those stories. And now it's a little bit more balanced because we have representation from the north, the east, the south, the west, mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Other countries now yeah. are getting on to in a, in a, in a large way. Hmm. I like it. So Message. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. 
I was just gonna say like what so what were some of your favorite like spoofs that you clearly could see um from other movies oh man just it's it's so much and like I feel like they what I hmm, I feel Ooh. like they don't get the credit that they deserve like no. even if you look at the sets and you look at all of the back the stuff going on in the background like there's so mm. much hilarious stuff that like if you just watch it the first time you're not gonna see like <laughs> why the fuck did they have all them damn fake leaves falling why <laughs> why why was that first of all these are palm trees it? around so <laughs> where are these gr- like orange bright orange leaves just falling out of nowhere why? <laughs> I think they did it twice, too. They did it when he was fishing with his dad. Because remember when um, Trey and Boys of the Hood and Trey had to rake the leaves, but they didn't have no damn tree in front of their house? Where the fuck is these leaves coming from? See? I never even realized that. detail. I love it. (laughs) They actually had Janet Jackson was here written on the the mail truck. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It did like just the little stuff that was making me laugh. Like the cereal, when she went to open up the cabinet for the cereals, it said tricks and Wheaties. But Ooh. not Wheaties, like, like we, have you eaten your Wheaties like today? Wheaties. It was W-E-E-D-I-E-S, Wheaties. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and not tricks have... are for kids, but T-R-I-C-K-S, tricks. <laughs> tricks. That is terrible. I wonder what the little cereal shapes were. Like shapes of weed leaf and then like, a prostitute. I don't know. <laughs> and then the dad's like whole house being in plastic. Even the pictures on the wall were wrapped in plastic and the stove was <laughs> I can't. I can't. Yeah, they went, they they go extra. They go the mile with their stuff. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate them so much. So, you know, I, there was one quote that stood out to me. It's Vivica Fox. And she's like, you're going to either become a pimp <laughs> or be security for Eddie Murphy. I wanted to know what was the background behind that. Do you know? So I'm not exactly sure, but I figured that there has to be something there because Keenan and Eddie Murphy are Roga friends. And Eddie Murphy, like Keenan wrote on um, Raw and Delirious and all of that. And Eddie Murphy used to come by their house in the projects. And mm. <laughs> when Marlon and Sean was kids and they would make fun of Eddie Murphy clothes because you know how Eddie dressed and mm. <laughs> different stuff like that. So I can only imagine what that was in reference to. I feel like that was a joke for them. Like that wasn't even for <sighs> us. <laughs> and I tried looking it up and I, I really couldn't find anything. <laughs> I feel like that was for them. That that was <laughs> Okay. All right, that's fine. I was just being busy. I feel like the most... um popular quote that we even use on our website came from this movie of hurry up and buy hurry up and buy so what's interesting is that that particular character is the is the convenience store woman from Minister Society yep and, and <laughs> she was willing to got, reprise her role <laughs> yes but she was actually funny in this one the other one I was like shut up but um the guy who got stomped out and Minister mm-hmm. Society is the same guy for this one. And he got stomped out twice. Mm-hmm. And he I- was flat as a pancake <laughs> in, the, in the car. Let's go get these niggas. <laughs> I think they played too much. 
god. <laughs> oh, and then, I love it. When we used to like go into, I, I never even realized where it came from because I was like, I think I was eight, and we would walk into VIM, and it'd be like, nigga. <laughs> when we walk in, they just looked at each other. I hmm. <laughs> shrugged it off. So now every time we walk into those stores with that ding and ding, like, yeah, it'd be like, yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh, terrible. <laughs> kids I have sung to somebody happy birthday homie (laughs) 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 happy birthday oh boy (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that was so that was so sad but I like how you know uh, Keen came in throughout the movie to drop the message because usually there was a message but the one that came at the end of which movie was that? He said, "What the fuck is he talking about?" <laughs> yes, what movie was he quoting when he was when, when he, he was doing it Boys in the Hood? Uh-huh. But Marlon just took it somewhere. <laughs> Never forget, man. But they don't know. Don't show. Just don't care about being a menace to South Central while they drink their juice in the hood. That's what it's all about, Dre. The fuck is he talking about? <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> he messed this all up. The fuck is you talking about? Yeah, so that was that was a good one. And then, oh, I have so many favorites. <laughs> you fall? You better pick your punk ass up. If you can't swim, you found the dresser. Yeah. You ready to get jumped in? Uh, right, and then they do the. Yo, that was so stupid. Okay, so what movie did that come from? That's just them being dumb. Oh my gosh, I'm over here like, okay, so who got jumped into a game? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> but seriously though, when you was in the hood growing up, double dutch, okay, you 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 better know how to jump in, and if or you, you don't, have to get out the game. The game, <laughs> you're fucking us up. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. That's why I couldn't jump in, so I had to twirl. I was a twirler. Oh, I would I would jump in, but I look like I'm about to die every time I. Go yeah, I got popped like, in the face one time with a beaded rope, and so I never, I, I got traumatized, so I couldn't jump in right. So I, I was swirl. I'm a swirler. Pretty mm-hmm. jump in. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I this swirl. One I was double-handed. <laughs> I was like, whatever. Girl, I just learned how to do. I well, I started that way, and they said that, but I wasn't jumping in, so I just learned how to swirl right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed double dutch. I just wanted to make sure that you remember um, always crossing the green, never in between, because the Honorable Reverend Elijah Muhammad Ali looks like a butterfly and stings like a bee. And always remember, my brother, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, knick-knack, patty work, get a dog a bone, 2000, zero, zero, party, oops, out of time, my bacon smelling fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is the dumbest quote. Like, like, what, what was the point of all of that? I hate that. Because I hate that's that. how the fake Muslims be talking when they come home from the inside. <laughs> and not to be confused with the actual people who follow the religion of Islam. Not those people. We're talking about the fake Muslims <laughs> that use Islam for protection in prison and then come home trying to talk that stuff. There's a very distinct difference between the two. <laughs> we do not want to disrespect anybody's religion. But them fake ones that catch it on the inside, they sound just like that. <laughs> Anytime I see one of like a hustling preacher, I always <laughs> from this one. <laughs> don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ask. <laughs> no question. <laughs> That's what I should start telling my students. Don't ask. Don't ask. <laughs> <What's> That's it. <laughs> Just listen to what I'm saying. And don't ask the question. No, I do actually. Get the point on the other side, nigga. Get to the other side. <laughs> uh, 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 why come Pasta got a brand new car? <laughs> Bruh. And then that whole church scene when they start, when the old ladies, the mothers of the church, to be correct, start like pretty much dance battling. Uh, Where? Break this in. With the with the obvious stunt double. <laughs> yes, I was like, why? <laughs> and then they would cut to them, and they would be doing something stupid. Right. <laughs> first of all, I love these ladies because, like, you have to have a sense of humor to do this in the first place. And then I liked I liked Grandma. What's her name? Helen Martin is her real name in real life. He slapped the shit out of his grandma. Huh? You still hit like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. She really thuggish. I love it. All right, let's go into diagnosis. Then. Okay, so I say log dog, but I feel like you say lock dog. Which one is it? <laughs> I thought it was lock dog. No one says his name? Maybe it is lock dog. I have to li- now I have, I have to listen no to idea. it in the movie. Yeah, we're terrible at this, guys. Sorry. <laughs> we should at least know the character's name, but I, I don't know. We're saying we two different things. We're going to poll it. Lock dog or log dog? Which one is it? Poland, friends. <laughs> Tell us in the comments. <laughs> Either way, I diagnosed log dog with, or lock dog, with other specified disruptive impulse control and conduct disorder. This category applies to presentations in which symptoms characteristic of a disruptive impulse control and conduct disorder cause clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. Um, They're predominant, but do not meet the full criteria for any of the disorders that are in that diagnostic class. And so we see lots of different (laughs) instances where this this, this impulse control causes him um, issue. One being his job interview <laughs> when he was filling out the application and then going to see the man. <laughs> Age, maintain, hey, six deuce, baby. <laughs> Father's name, I don't know. Six, hell yeah, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Salary desired, $3 million. 
all on the band desk, knocked it over, all of that. Right. Man was like, you know what? It's okay. Doesn't matter. Uh, you're hired for to be a crash test dummy. Because <laughs> clearly you came in here acting like a dummy. That's your job. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, some of with <laughs> some of the things that he just said um, throughout the film. When he was, they were talking to um, they old head. He was like, "You know, I got no self esteem. I ain't gonna grow up to be shit just like you." Right. <laughs> he was partly offended, like, uh, "Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that's I, a compliment." Yeah, he looked at him kind of, kind of sideways. Yeah. I am concerned about his um, ability to express emotions. Um, he did have touched on it a little bit when he first was talking about how his dad left and things like that. And when he first saw Ashtray, he was like, oh, fool ass Mark Ash trick. Give me some love. All right. That's enough of that sentimental shit. <laughs> oh, but, you know, he also has a, a rep to keep. You know, you don't want to be mm-hmm. you can't be soft to show an emotion if you're supposed to be the the roughest, toughest one in the game. You know, so. All them guns. Leaderhood, this is home. I love to smell of gun smoke in the morning. <laughs> Who says that? The Tech Nine with the high tops or the Uzi with the low tops? I'll just wear right. these or fuzzy slippers. <laughs> right. Fuzzy bunny pink ass slippers. <laughs> I guess you can do that when you're the toughest, roughest one in the hood because okay. you're going to say something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he just put the Uzi on him. Mm, that part or yeah yeah <laughs> do we have a problem here with his USSR missile <laughs> do we have a problem <laughs> when he started voila, using voila. <laughs> when he had his uh, his belt talking for him like all his guns and shit on his belt and he's like <laughs> like get out of the way he always showing off his little six pack Skinny body in all the movies. Anytime he gets that shirt, go up. <laughs> Marlon just like to be naked, <laughs> and they're always doing that thing with his 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 legs when they bend. I can't describe it. He just looks crazy. He he bends his legs, looking all crazy. Like he just go like this. I don't know how to describe it. He just look lanky looking. <laughs> well, he is lanky. <laughs> yes. I just love Marlon. He can do no wrong, even with his yeah. heavy sweat itself. Like even in the movie when he when he's having a vision of doing stand up, like that's what he's going to do with his life. He's mm-hmm. sweating then. Like why does Marlon sweat so much? Is my question. I want I want to know is there is there like a a, a medical health reason why he perspires the level that he does? <laughs> Be concerned. I'm, they have Botox I'm, for that. So. <laughs> I know this. Oh watch one of his stand-ups that man is swimming by the end of them <laughs> i'm gonna make sure I look. <laughs> but i just love him either way <laughs> but i don't know uh I, well first i don't think that log dog lock dog whichever will ever come to treatment for him to present to me as a client i don't know if i would ever see him no. yeah no no, so I don't even have to do, you know. Apparently his prognosis, though, is well because he did the stand-up, the Def Comedy Jam, and was doing well. Oh, that's right. 
everything worked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guess he found some self-esteem and <laughs> did grow up to be shit. <laughs> yeah. Because being a comedian means you're the shit. You're doing something. <laughs> Better than nothing. Okay. So then um, what about, what about Ashtray? Hmm. Okay. So I still am not exactly sure because I bounce between dependent personality disorder, which I'm not exactly sure if it meets the full criteria for, and then adjustment disorder with disturbance in conduct um, by him moving to the hood in the first place. I feel like he has some serious attachment issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he had a, a unhealthy almost attachment to his mother. And even when he was leaving, he was like, mom's just beefing, saying it's time for me to be a man. Sir, you, you, it is, you're, you're grown there. That's not beefing. That's okay. This is it. But then immediately after ending the connection that he had with his mom, he saw out Dashiki, who is clearly a mother figure because she has all of these children. Like, and then when she was like saying, can you buy diapers? He was like, diapers, that's it. I used to change my dad diapers all the time. Like, that's all that I need to be in your life. Okay, I got that. I can do that. Immediately Mm -hmm. finding another maternal connection for him to be a part of and to latch on with. So yeah, I'm going. I'm going back and forth. I don't know. I feel like he was um, seeking out stability. Yeah, he was. He was. I would say. I think you can do both. You know, um, a lot of times we kind of feel like we can only do one or the other. But I feel like in this instance, yeah, we you mm-hmm. could give them both as far as the attachment, and then um, dependent because the attachment caused him to become dependent. I feel like the attachment caused him to become dependent, but then I feel like the the adjustment disorder piece too on top of that, Mm -hmm. that is, I feel like they maybe all could go together because he is struggling with the adjustment of being in the hood, but I don't know if he is this dependent outside of this adjustment period, which is why I was kind of torn between the the two. Okay, then, then maybe adjustment. Adjustment with further, like if we had more information, we could potentially look at personality disorder. Okay, so then let's go through the criteria for the adjustment disorder. So the criteria for adjustment disorder that I feel like Ashtray meets, there is the development of emotional or behavioral symptoms in response to an identifiable stressor, which for him would be moving to the hood with marked distress that is out of proportion to the severity or intensity of the stressor, taking into account the external contents and cultural factors that might influence symptom severity and presentation and significant impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like he had the a little bit of the disturbance in conduct more so where it is that's the most predominant symptom in, in, in its presentation. What's your prognosis for him? Um, apparently him and Dashiki just, you know, skip off into the sunset. He found another woman to provide that nurturing care for him and he was okay afterwards. He taking care of all these other men's babies. Oh Lord. Do you think that would be a, is that still a healthy relationship? That it was never maintain? healthy. It was right. never healthy. Never. <laughs> as soon as I saw the Kool-Aid, I figured, you know, this is getting pretty dangerous. And the melted, you know, the mint cheese, uh, just 
Ghetto people deserve full and intense sexual uh, pleasures and desires and foreplay being a part of that. However, you have to make it work is how you have to make it work. And Dashiki, like he said, was far more advanced and experienced than him because it sounded like all he was doing was uh, self-pleasure. So (laughs) that's very true. And so, you know, her experiences and and coupled with her poverty um, led to the Kool-Aid, the the government cheese, but not the hot dog because that's the baby's lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> friends, you know, I think that sex can be enjoyed in many different ways. Absolutely. But please be careful with the melting of government cheese. It's hot. But child, government cheese is hard to melt. You you got to put it under high heat to get that okay. stuff to melt. And it was right there on the lighter and it was still struggling. You know, if that was any other cheese, it would be like, bloop, bloop. But exactly. I don't know what the government was giving out, but that won't 100% cheese. I could tell you that. Mm-hmm. But uh, dashiki. My biggest concern for dashiki is the lack of protection. Or the lack of self-love. I mean... Mm, I'm gonna stop right there. I have issue though. As much as I love the Wayans brothers, as much as I absolutely love every piece of content that they create, I have quarrel with the fact that their female characters are never really fully developed. Like they're never really given depth. And this mm-hmm. is it, we they. Huh, it's frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> There's never layers like they never like fully develop these characters. It's just they serve their purpose. Usually this one thing in relation to the male characters. And I don't know why y'all got sisters. A whole heap of them. Why y'all mm-hmm. can't never write for women? Maybe it's within their within their family culture that the men, you know, typically have these big roles and the women don't necessarily always have those big roles. So they're playing out, you know, some of their family systems and how they work and what they write. Well, I don't like it. Somebody need to go to therapy and heal so y'all can write me a, a, a funny woman. Okay. And don't let her be all crazy acting. Always. They always. <laughs> Not all black women act just nuts. Like, gosh. <laughs> Yikes. That is my only beef that I have with the Wayans in in their create in their creative minds is that their female characters never have any depth. This was a good opportunity to explain to even go deep into more with the poetic justice. Like yes, they made her write poetry and stuff, but it mm. it was I feel like it was a missed opportunity because they didn't give Dashiki anything other than just she be fucking yeah. and making babies. And are you my daddy? I know, I know. So then it, it again, it kind of goes to that stereotype of over-sexualization of Black women and that, okay, so either she's extremely dramatic, crying in rollers on the, on the street, or we're going to over-sexualize her and make her have a ton of kids. And then just as soon as she's pregnant, the moment that the guy, you know, ejaculates, like, what? Like, Yes, it's kind of, it's funny. She said, I yes. know my body. <laughs> I was like, wow. That, that was and then dad. there was immediate question on whether it was even Trace. Right. Trace. Right. 
Chase. I mean, you gave him a nice, cute name that wasn't stupid. I mean, because it, it's it's from Boys in the Hood, where his name right. is Trey, and then they just made it Ashtray. But Ashtray. I can't. And then, but they're at the Ashtray, and Low Dog are at the uh, food spot that is also a gas station or motor oil changing place, Ooh. whatever a Jiffy Lube. I don't know. And <laughs> There's question then because Phase on Love is potentially he just apparently slept with her as well because he had to check his watch yes, and like, to make sure that it wasn't him. Whew, here you go, sucker. I mean, brother, like <laughs> Yeah, you know, and so that even though it is comedy, it's the same kind of thing where if you want to see things change, you have to kind of address those things related to how what we laugh at, what we talk what you know, what we talk about amongst our, our group. And one of those things being like, yeah, black women are we're hypersexualized. And, you know, with them making fun of that, I mean, it's it's our reality in some instances, but it's like also y'all should be protective of your black women too. And, you know. <laughs> yes. So I had a I had a slow moment. I really thought that Ashtray's father was um, Lorenzo Tate. I like, is that his name? One, I'm mad you called him Lorenzo. I, I was like, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> and then two, no, it's his brother. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I looked at him. I was like, he looks really different. Why does he look so young? I was like, no, oh, that's Lamar. <laughs> right. And then I looked at him again. I was like, no, that's not him. I, all this time, I thought it was him, and I thought it was so cool that he played that part. No, I think they purposefully got and casted Lamar because he is Lorenz State's so, brother. But <laughs> yeah, like, are they twins? Like, because they like. No. I was like, it looks like he. Lo- they look a lot alike, and he's just a tad bit younger looking. And I think his nose or his cheeks, something is different that sets him apart. But they look very much alike. I think he's actually the older brother. Is he? I think so. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I didn't Google it. I'm just going off of sheer memory here. I think he's the older brother. They're so handsome. They are. That's a fine family. They got to have one ugly brother that we don't know about or something. Has to be. (laughs) (laughs) It's so their dad, I diagnosed. Okay, again, I don't know why this film was so hard for me to diagnose. I'm between Uh, two here. And... I feel like it is <laughs> either mild intellectual developmental disorder oh, or no. an unspecified neurodevelopmental disorder because he is clearly at a place where he is not developing the level to which his son is. But there's a, a freakishly, disgustingly small age difference between Ashtray and his father. But... Like, he still is not developing the level to which Ashtray is. And even when dad was going over the rules, he was like, I ain't got to do shit. My mama take care of me. So clearly he's not even able to provide his own self-care because there is somewhere that he is developmentally delayed. So, you know, in Boys in the Hood, Lawrence Fishburne is only seven years older than Cuban Gooden Jr. Is it Gooden? Gooden. Gooden. Gooding. Gooden Jr. Yes. And so that was kind of the play on it is that Sean Wayne is only a year and a half older than um, Lamont. That's funny. I did not know that. Yeah. So it, they were playing on the age difference in there. And I guess, 
I guess it was enough of an age gap for him to be his father, which makes sense. He was <laughs> fine, but he also had to play his father at two different points of Trey's life, too. So that makes sense. Like, I can get it. Yeah. That part of it, I guess. I don't know, because that's, that's, I guess they're saying that Morris Fishburne just has that daddy-like vibe. Ooh, that man been fine for a long time. Oh, okay. (laughs) That is something that he said in an interview because somebody, he said uh, a young brother came up to him on the street and was talking to him about the movie. And he afterwards, his friend turned to him and was kind of like, you know that like you the father for a whole generation now. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny to see that like come full circle now with him playing a father on Blackish. I know. Right. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love Lawrence Fishburne. Don't call him Larry. <laughs> but yeah, so dad, uh, uh, hmm. no smoking my shit. Don't let me catch you drinking my shit. And if you bring any hoes up in here, make sure I fuck them first. I wouldn't live there. Those would not be rules wow, that wow, I feel wow, like wow, I could wow. abide by. <laughs> no. Like seriously, like get y'all. Right? Which just further makes me feel that you are developmentally delayed somewhere that you think that I'm about to let you fuck my hoes before I even fuck. Not even after I fuck and I'm done with the hoe. You want to fuck them first? Damn, son. Where'd you find that? (laughs) (laughs) And then he was saying, like, his advice, his fatherly advice was terrible. Never use condoms, sir. They take away all the feelings. You are they're gonna be drinking at this party. Drinking and driving is fun as hell. You get on this wrestling, punch the 80, you turn off the lights and let go of the wheel. Man. <laughs> I was like, huh. Maybe I should just write that. No, no, no. I don't think that that is in your best interest. I don't think For that's a moment, you want to try. You can't, you can't lie. You can't, you can't lie. You I imagined it. I imagined it. Exactly. I didn't want to do it at life. <laughs> it's all terrible. All, all terrible. terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm gonna settle on unspecified neuro neurodevelopmental disorder. I feel oh. like I just need more assessment. I did. I, I need. I need to know more. I, why are you this way, sir? <laughs> why? I I need to know how you ended up being born, like, and then like getting Vivica Fox order. pregnant, and right, then I'm, as you were one year older than him, and then I, uh, I'm so confused. Now I'm questioning Vivica Fox, like. Hmm. Oh, and to your point, going back, circling back to that, I said circling back, but to that point about the woman in the in the movie not having like you know a strong role or a storyline, um, you know that she says that in her in the beginning, you know. Now you know there ain't no positive black females in these movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I mean, which is also questionable because why? I don't think there's not a. Okay, maybe looking at the line of positive black females in these movies. There aren't any. And so I feel like it's that, that yes, could be part of their commentary. But when we've done other Wayne's Brothers movies, there still weren't any. Or if they were, they didn't develop their character and give them a a certain level of depth there either. And so I feel like that, like that might have been a note that somebody had. And so they wrote it in as their excuse. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Either way, but that <laughs> unspecified neurodevelopmental disorder applies to presentations in which symptoms characteristic of neurodevelopmental disorder cause impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning, but do not meet the full criteria for any of the disorders in the neurodevelopmental diagnostic class. Mm. 
I mean, there's there's more that we could go into with the different neurodevelopmental disorders and how they present. There are definitely uh, some of the issues that we see with the developmental delay and the impairment with there being his inability to care for himself and his mother having to take care of him, whom we never actually really see. So I don't know how much care she's actually providing. Then him not really at to this point, having any real care for Ashtray as his son, but Ashtray providing that care for him as well. Cause when he's talking to Dashiki, he's like, change diapers. Yeah, I changed my dad's diaper all the time. The fact that his dad was in diapers long enough for him to be able to change him, whether he had him at a year or not problematic. Uh, their issue so I just feel like there's lots of things that we could go through with his presenting yeah. uh <laughs> symptoms I feel like it's it, it's justified I, I don't I don't need no more to justify the category I would just need more information to get a specific more clearly defined diagnosis mm-hmm. I need to know when his milestones were like when did what age did you take the diaper off sir true What age did you start speaking? What age did you start engaging in alcohol and drugs? I need, I need, I need more. (laughs) Yeah. And the, the, and the alcohol and drugs delaying some of that too. Some of that maturation that's supposed to happen naturally. And this, it stunts, you know, development um, mentally or cognitively. So that could also be a contributing factor too. Whom I don't have a real diagnosis for is preach. Just a self-hating black man. I have, I have no more, no, no less. Just self-hating black man. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have anything for him either. Oh my God! The mother of Mecca is right here before me. Do my eyes not deceive me, or am I not looking at the goddess Isis herself? Oh my gosh! Which is so funny because, like, that's definitely a spoof on just the whole African-American community in general. It's usually like sometimes the, the most black supremacist that is dating a white chick. Oh, I hate it when I see hoteps with white women. It's, uh, I think it's actually, no, I don't hate it. It's hilarious to me. I find so much comedy in the juxtaposition of that. <laughs> Funny. Anyhow. Crazy legs. Uh, unspecified somatic symptom and related disorder. Okay, yeah, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his little feet, like, <laughs> and they would move and wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> they were so annoying with that. I feel like every disorder that I'm giving out is just unspecified today. I feel like a terrible clinician. <laughs> no, because like I, like I mentioned, like it's like seven different movies, and we've kept, we've diagnosed those you know different movies. You diagnose the actual movie uh, that the right. character is written from. It's just exactly. hard to get it when it's the spoof because there's no actual real character there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and it's like it's a, a caricature. A, <laughs> yes. And it's like a buildup of all these other things. And you don't know which movie they're refer- referencing sometimes or what is their stuff or something else. So it's like, I was confused. <laughs> He's trying to make a diagnosis. So I applaud you for, for doing that. I attempted. I attempted very hard. Um, I guess what further led me to this diagnosis for him was after he got hit by the car. And he was like, I can't feel my legs. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> His laugh is so annoying. I love it, though. 
basically laughing at him laughing. Prognosis was great for him, though. He was able to fulfill his dream as a dancer. Bruh. Him a time. First of all, which one are you? Michael Jackson or Hammer? MC Hammer. All of the above, because this is a spoof, okay? <laughs> I can be anything, anything. I so desire. <laughs> anything goes. <laughs> so annoying. Okay, so one person that I do actual full-on have a diagnosis for and all of that good stuff mm-hmm. is, most importantly, well, toothpick. Okay, what you diagnose? Take me to jail. Take me to jail. Lock me up. Lock me up. Go away the key. Go away the key. I ain't afraid to fuck somebody his ass. (laughs) (laughs) You on your own there. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) So most importantly is his institutionalization. We can't say anything else before you get to the point that he is severely institutionalized. He is having a difficult time adjusting to being on the on the outside. He still is moving and behaving as if he um, were imprisoned, which I feel like institutionalization is something that needs to be categorized under the um, trauma diagnostic class because diagnostic class rather because it is it does present often with some um of the similar symptoms along with ptsd and other sorts so i would say most important is the institutionalization we would if he were my client we would have to work on that and figure out how to get him adjusted to life on the outside what that looks like for him what is socially acceptable um, on the outside as opposed to like even the way that he was cutting up his chicken and eating it he was shanking somebody it was it was the most I'm concerned about toothpick and then also I diagnosed him with antisocial personality disorder and so the criteria for that is the failure to conform to social norms with respect to lawful behaviors as indicated by repeatedly performing acts that are grounds for arrest deceitfulness as indicated by repeated lying or conning others for personal profit or pleasure impulsivity or failure to plan ahead, irritability and aggressiveness, reckless disregard for safety of self and others, consistent irresponsibility and lack of remorse is indicated by being indifferent or rationalizing having hurt, mistreated or stolen from another person. Um, I also gave him the VCO of V62.5 with problems related to release from prison. Again, going back to the institutionalization, I feel like if he was my client, we would have to start real basic and real small and build from there. It it would really be strong, just heavy CBT in the beginning to get him focused on the, the thoughts that are preempting these, the, ooh, these behaviors <laughs> and trying to shift that a little bit just because he is a product, unfortunately, of his experiences and environments that he has been forced to be in because of the over institutionalization of young black men and the school to prison pipeline and all of those things that created these type of issues for lots of individuals like toothpick message but <laughs> i also we need to get at this uh secret life that he's living as well where he mentions you ain't never been in the shower and watched the suds roll down the crack of another man's ass yeah, I was just about just, to mention his sexuality. Like, we had to adjust that, too. 
yeah. I was fooling y'all. Those were jokes. No, sir. No, you weren't. And I'm concerned about that. <laughs> but you're not okay with showing up as your authentic self. While yes, I do understand it could potentially be not could potentially not be safe for you to feel like you can present as a homosexual man. But bro, you're at least bisexual. Um, clearly, because like you're not giving up on Dashiki. Is that because she's your front, or you just really mm-hmm. loved? Dashiki, and but yeah, you 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 enjoy the pleasures of a man as well. So, um, hmm. why are you lying? <laughs> but yeah, too thick. <laughs> that was that was that was legit because he. I mean, I think he's the the easiest one because it it was just a it was more specific to see what his problem was, whereas the others it was just like. Yeah, it was a little off because it's just you're adding extra layers to this character because you're trying to fit in seven different movies. <laughs> Unfortunately, Tupac uh, goes back to jail or prison. Not sure exactly which one. Uh, mm. As we see him hit the glass of the police car, his little peace his sign. peace sign stays on the window. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wasn't real. And we get another classic. No, you done fucked up, right? So Uh we get uh, the little gem of that and he goes back to uh, police custody, which might be where he feels most comfortable. It might not be bad for him to be on inside because at this point, it's a smoother transition for him to be in that environment than it is on the outside. Um, I hate to see another black man go to jail, prison, incarceration in any form, but that might be where he wants to be. Wow. (laughs) Okay. I knew you weren't done. I didn't want to go ahead and finish. You still not. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, you know what? If you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, you can visit our website and follow the support the show link to become a Patreon member or donate on our cash app. Now we are happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we would rather the kind that folds. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the DSM podcast, and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care about what you have to say. Buy our merch while you're out there too. Hurry up and buy! Until next time, y'all. Peace. Okay, bye. You should have